Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 23 of the Bruce and Bruins podcast. My name is Cam Hasbrick. We are joined, as usual, by Drew Johnson. Chris Gear has been officially kicked off the podcast. You will never hear his voice again. And we have replaced him with the one and only Kat Silverman. Kat, thank you so much for joining the show. This has been a long time coming. Uh, perfect timing this week with the Vezina stuff going on. We'll get to that in just a little while. But uh, as we do on the Bruce and Bruins podcast, we're going to send it around first and talk about what we're drinking today. So, Drew, you want to start us off there? Sure. Uh, I picked this up uh, 30 minutes ago. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I just saw American IPA, and I was like, yeah, that's what I'm drinking. <laughs> uh, two Hearted Ale. How patriotic. It says bells on it. I don't know if that's – I don't know what that means. This is the first time looking at the can. I know it's 7%, so I saw that. I don't know where they're from anything but it's good it said uh <laughs> it said there's like a, a mix of grapefruit and like I, I don't know how they described it but really good hops or something so it's, it's I, decent i think it's i've a, seen that somewhere it's a before. nice like blend of those like citrusy ones and the hoppy ones it's like right in the middle it's cool nice yeah i definitely i was gonna say i recognize the fish on there what was the brewery does it say the brewery i'm assuming it, it does the brewery is either bells or it's too oh, hard okay, that's it. what I think it, uh, too hard. It is restricted. It says restricted on it. So I don't know. One or the other. Google. Either way. Google. You have the power you of Google. Listeners. You can tell we really did our research here. That's yeah. fantastic. Awesome. Uh, Kat, you want to introduce yourself and uh, tell us what you're drinking today? Yeah, I'm a. I'm Kat. I'm drinking a, a new Belgium uh, 1985 IPA. It's Voodoo Ranger. Um, like I was saying before we started to record uh, a couple weeks ago, my friend and I. Did, did a big recording of the podcast that I host, um, which is usually about like crappy punk pop music, mid-2000s <laughs> dramas, and, uh, and goaltending. And so it's I, I live in Arizona where COVID is like at a peak right now. So yeah. you can't do anything. Yeah. You can't go anywhere. She's like the one person that I've designated as my, uh, my person. So... I she's like the only person I've seen so I went out and bought us like all the alcohol I could <laughs> and I bought us like 6,000 different kinds of rosé and then I needed a beer too so I liked the the can of the the voodoo ranger it's got like this kind of cool look yeah the 1985 oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I I follow them I follow them on Instagram they always have cool stuff they post the cans and just like random graphics it's really cool it's not bad I've uh I've I've been more into the local breweries since moving to Arizona, just like trying them all out, and they have some really good ones here. So I felt like kind of a sellout getting a national brand, but uh, <laughs> it's not bad. It's it's not bad at all. It's uh kind kind of the the same. It's almost like a fruity hoppy 
You're not too heavy, um, but it is a 6.7% and it's 3.30 in the afternoon here. So we're supposed to run in a couple hours. So we'll see how it goes as, as a pre-run beer. So Yeah, little did you know a couple weeks ago you were actually just pre-gaming for this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> exactly what I did. <laughs> What's the name of that podcast? Uh, three Cheers for Goaltender Interference. Nice. I like That's a good name. That's a good name. Uh, now, Kat, if I'm mistaken, correct me, but we also can find your work at Ingold Mag still, right? Yes. Yes, you can. Awesome. Um, haven't done a ton during during quarantine. I've uh, been like steadily burning my way through through Vampire Diaries, to be perfectly honest, instead go. of like, doing any any real work. But uh, we're we're gonna start ramping things back up. So. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's it's hard to like get yourself. I, I've been feeling kind of the same way, and even with this podcast, we like spun off the rails a couple weeks ago we started doing like a board game bracket that we kind of yeah. like never really finished and we got to we the started finals following. and never <laughs> yeah, finished still... it that's your fault cam you're that in is 110 my fault yeah uh we did that <laughs> we started following korean baseball for a while it was like a whole a whole bunch of bullshit that like really had nothing to do with hockey and i, I feel like it's it's difficult to like especially write but even just talk about hockey like without it going on we did we did that with finnish baseball because yeah oh i like that than, than korean baseball um yeah so so i get that i, I fully understand that yeah i was, I so I was had, gonna hit I you with the question one then. episode that like we just didn't talk like any sports basically i think we dedicated yeah. like 10 minutes to sports and then we're I, just all over the place for an hour yeah uh it bounces it, it do be like that sometimes but uh cat as a finnish baseball expert which i'm sure you are now um, at least compared to anyone listening to this podcast, uh, besides catcher, which is the obvious answer, I think, what position on the baseball field would Tuka Rask play if you were a, uh, a baseball player? Ooh, that's, that's tough. Cause, uh, Finnish baseball is like a, I don't know if I can make a, a loose drug reference here, but it's like, oh, you certainly can. <laughs> I talk about getting stoned a lot. So it's like American baseball on some like very heavy drugs, like it's, it's American baseball on acid. And so, uh, oh, nice. Now I want to watch it. <laughs> they just throw the ball like straight up in the air and you get three chances to hit it. And it's not just a strike. Like you can hit the ball. And if you decide oh. that you don't like where you hit it, you can be like, I'm going to try it. Again. <laughs> That's cool. That's, I, okay. I thought it was just like a Finnish baseball league. It's no, actually no, 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 a different no. it's sport. It's like a completely like... different sport. And the bases are like zigzagged. So you go like, you zigzag to first, go almost like where American third would be or for second. You go all the way up to like outfield for third. And then you like loop all the way back around to get back home. Huh. That's insane. So I'm thinking your your reference was perfect because it sounds like whoever made that was definitely on some serious drugs. <laughs> yeah, no, that's but great, it does though. sound fun. <laughs> that sounds better than American baseball. They like they watched the the person who created it went to the U.S. He watched a baseball game, thought it was kind of cool, but like didn't move fast enough for him. So he yeah. went back to Finland and was like, "So I saw this cool sport. I think we can make it better. You stand here. You stand here. You do this." And, like, there's no fields or there's no fences. So, like, occasionally they'll hit the balls into the river and, like, the ball's still in play. <laughs> so you'll see I... Finnish baseball players diving into rivers to, like, try and get the ball. It's that is, like, awesome. the best sport of I, all time. Oh and I, I think, honestly, this might be the last episode of Bruising Bruins. It might just be, like... <laughs> 
a finished base, but I don't know what the oh we could drink that uh that like vodka whatever the, the gin shit that Tuka the, Raska the is the co owner on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it was good actually. It's, it's delicious. I heard it was good. It's like grapefruit yeah. and and gin. Yeah, that's what uh, my buddy who lives down in Boston got some and, and was raving about it. We'll have to get some on here for an episode. I usually like will watch YouTube videos before I pass out to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm definitely looking up finished baseball tonight. Yeah, I don't think you're going to pass out. I think you're going to be ready to run through a fucking oh, wall yeah. after watching this I'll, shit. I'll watch everything. Honest. I'll watch, like, really cool highlights. I'll watch some blooper reels. Like, be it's good. even better because, like, the commentary is in Finnish, which sounds fantastic. Like, I think yeah. all the Scandinavian uh, languages sound really cool. Yeah, I think that's just a good, like, motto for Finland. It's just like America, but better. Like, yeah. <laughs> just, we took what you guys were doing and we made it better. better. <laughs> Pretty good stuff. Um, all right, I'll get around to this one. I'm drinking a strawberry oh, yeah, milkshake. Yeah, you haven't done that yet. <laughs> yeah, also picked up, like, an hour and a half ago, so it's a little more prepared than Drew, I guess. What's it called again? Um, I think I talked over you. It's a strawberry whale cake from uh, – it's a strawberry cream ale, it says. It's kind of like a sour. I mean – that sounds amazing. Get a fresh. Yeah, it's 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 not quite a full sour, but it's definitely lighter, a little bit of a citrusy uh, kind of berry flavor, I guess. Um, but it does have like a heavy strawberry vibe. I like it a lot. I'm trying to find out what the fucking brewery is, but it doesn't really. Oh, Burlington Beer Company. Are they from Burlington, Burlington Vermont? Vermont? I would mm. assume. Or they could but... be from Burlington, Mass. That'd be cool. Well, that's a. It says they're. Brewery. It says their address is in Williston, Vermont, so it sounds like they're dirty fucking liars. That's all right. I guess I'll let it slide because it is some good beer. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, first thing, I guess we'll just jump into some Vezina talk because I feel like that's uh, the most no. pressing thing this week. I was thinking what we could do here is we could go through the three finalists um, and just kind of give – I guess sort of a pitch for why they should and or shouldn't win the award. And seeing as this is a Bruins podcast, I think I want to save Tuca for last, if that's cool with you guys. We'll start with the other two contenders, talk about why they could win, and then make the argument for Rask at the end, if that sounds kosher to everybody. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that, and, that was uh, a lot of directions. I don't think it's going to go exactly that way. But yeah, not let's talk, let's talk about the Vesna. We're going to end up talking about <laughs> Swedish baseball, which is probably another sport that nobody fucking knows about, but it's better than American baseball. That um, might even be better than Finnish baseball. Yeah, <laughs> who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> um, all right, so let's start with who I think has no shot. <laughs> Good way to draw people in here. Andre Vasilevsky, in my opinion, is the, uh, the the kind of the odd man out here in this race. I think it really is just a two-horse race. But since he is a finalist, let's talk about him. Uh, a quick little stat burst through here because I did a little bit of research, which if you're listening and you've listened before, I know is shocking. Uh, Vasilevsky, you usually do. You're the stats guy. Well, I'm the stats guy comparatively, and that's like I bring out two stats every hour and a half, and apparently that makes me the stats I'm bring, guy. I'm bringing up like a web page right now to look stuff <laughs> yeah. up. So that's, He's like, that's... who does he play for? Uh, so Vasilevsky uh, led the league in wins this year with 35. Kat, very interesting to see what your take on wins as a goaltender are. Uh, this is the third consecutive year that he has led the league or tied the league lead in wins. He played 52 games, had a 917 save percentage, 256 goals against average. Those are the easiest ways, I guess, for normal people like Drew and I to understand goaltending. But Kat, it's on another level when it comes to goaltending. The 
goalie voodoo expert over here. So <laughs> voodoo ranger, take it over. What 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 do you like about Vasilevsky? Do you think he has a shot? Am I being too harsh on him, or is he uh, is he the odd man out? He has absolutely zero shot. I I didn't think he was going to be a finalist. I thought that Jacob Markstrom was finally going to get his shot to be a finalist this year. Um, Darcy Kemper and Antti Ranta both sat right up near the top of the league. Once you started breaking down stats situationally, um, when you started looking at quality save percentage, when you started looking at great adjusted save percentages, when you looked at delta save percentage, all that good stuff um, that I don't have pulled up. But I know that there was a big presentation on it during um, – Megan Chaika did a hockey analytics conference via Zoom. Um, she had me on. She had Micah Blake McCurdy on. Mm-hmm. He went right before me and uh, was infinitely smarter than me. And he was showing that basically Markstrom, uh, Carey Price was on up in the top five. Um, huh. Once you added in, you know, the quality starts and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Darcy Kemper on Tiranta. Those, those are the ones who probably should have been in there. And Andre Vasilevsky wasn't bad. Like, he he didn't suck. This isn't like a Jonathan Quick 905 save percentage with 40 wins mm. situation. Mm-hmm. But wins are such a shitty stat. Yeah, yes. they really are. So bad. They. I, w- I wish Chris was here because he'd, he'd chime in on that one. He's yeah. very adamant about the wins being a horrible stat. They're yeah. the worst stat for goaltenders. You look at... I mean... There's only so much the goalie can do, right? So yeah, try telling that to Joe Haggerty. He doesn't. Oh he doesn't God! Like that. <laughs> God bless Joe Haggerty. What a, what God, a the greatest there. sports writer there ever was. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, my comparison is always uh, wins for a goaltender is like wins for a pitcher in American baseball. I don't know how that translates to Finnish baseball, but um, like you said, there's only so much that a goalie can do. You can save 65 out of 66 shots, and if your team gets shut out. You know what I mean? That What yeah. does that mean? So, to me, it seems like Vasilevsky gets the huge benefit of the doubt playing for Tampa Bay. Um, you know, obviously, the last couple of years, one of the best teams during the regular season. Um, and that kind of has boosted him. He had decent enough stats. You look at the team playing in front of him, which is a huge difference, kind of what you were saying about some of the other contenders. Having Tampa Bay in front of you, and this is an argument that I think people are going to use against Rask, too, when we get around to that. But having a good team defense in front of you is going to reflect in your stats and there's so many other factors that goes in i think that wins is just not something that really should be considered yeah not at all you you brought up you know if you make 65 saves on 66 shots and you can you can lose one nothing uh not to not to circle back to what the coyotes did but there was a game like right before the shutdown right right before covid um where auntie ranta faced something like 55 shots and the Coyotes took 14. Like, the whole game. They didn't take any shots in the third period. They were... It's like they they quit. And he was the only one who played. And he allowed his only goal of the game with, like, two minutes to go. And I'm convinced that I jinxed him because I was like, look at this. Like, the shot discrepancy is, <laughs> like, 52 to 14. Scores tied at 0-0. And, like, he allowed a goal. But that's, that's a loss for him. And that's a regulation loss. And so... I don't think that my guy is on the last place team. Like you see some guys who had good seasons, but played for terrible teams. Uh, mm-hmm. Robin mm-hmm. Lehner with Chicago. Um, I don't think he should count this year. I think that uh, Shesterkin in New York, mm-hmm. that's, that's not a very good team. He mm-hmm. played yeah. great. Um, 
But you look at the teams that, like Jacob Markstrom, God bless him. I don't know what he was playing behind <laughs> half the year. <laughs> I don't think he knew what he was playing behind half the year. I don't think he knew what was going on. There was there was a tweet from Harmon Dial with uh, the Athletic Vancouver, and he said, watching the Canucks, it's like everything is broken, and I don't know how to fix <laughs> any of it. And they still That's just 2020 in one in one sentence, honestly. Like. The Canucks are 2020. The Canucks are the year 2020. And so, uh, but yeah, I think that Vasilevsky, like, it's not it's not meant to put him down right this isn't mm-hmm. to say that he's mm-hmm. a bad goalie but I, I don't even know why he's not worthy <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean there are there are plenty of teams across the league who would love to have andre vashilevsky that's not i mean you know when we're talking about not having a shot at the best of the trophy being a finalist is an honor in itself um so you know you can't really put him down for not taking the number one spot um but you know i i, I do think that if we're looking at the horses in the race here, he's certainly not the one I'm putting my money on. Uh, it's, that would be a very, very long, long shot. My question is, and I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Vezinets voted on by general managers. Is that correct? So my question is, how much do you think GMs are going to weigh wins as opposed to too much, you think? Because that's, yeah, that's all, Isn't that all they care about? Kind of. <laughs> they care about the result. <laughs> Look at Jonathan Quick. I mean, Jonathan Quick managed to take a couple of those Vezina finalist noms and a couple of Vezina wins where he was not the superior goaltender in the league, but he mm-hmm. had the most wins. And especially, I mean, we're a tandem league now, right? We have mm-hmm. the Bruins, they have two guys. We have Dallas, they have two guys. Coyotes have two guys. Tampa Bay does not. They're one of two teams left that doesn't do a good tandem. That's them in Toronto. And I guess you can give Vasilevsky credit for still playing well without any backup help because his backups are bad. But I, yeah, I think they count it too much. I think there's a chance that he may even finish second. Um, but I don't, I don't think anybody with a brain puts him above him. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I mean, he, he, I was looking, he won it last year, obviously. And I was, I have that, that was the little research I did. Nice. Um, <laughs> is, is pulling up this list of past winners. And the last person to the last goaltender to win it back to back was Martin Brodeur, and he almost won it five times in a row. If Mika Kiprusov did not have a good 2006 season, uh, he would have won it in 0305s a wash, and then 060708. But uh, yeah, I don't think yeah people wait to, wins too too much i don't think he wins it but i will say all three finalists really cool names <laughs> can't can't that's argue that expert so, analysis right there that sounds like <laughs> the perfect segue into somebody else who pretty much was the lone ranger on his team connor hellebuck uh yeah. led the league with 58 appearances also led the league in shots faced saves shutouts he was second in starts with 56 had 31 wins and a shit ton of minutes 3268 and 33 seconds for good measure. Um, a lot of numbers being thrown out, but how much of that actually matters? Cat, that sounds like a you question. I mean, like, you know, appearance is cool. I, I, think, I think the heavy workload is something that should be considered, but I don't think, like, leading the league in saves is necessarily says you're a good goaltender. It doesn't mean you're playing well. Not that he didn't. He is a fantastic if, goaltender. If you're, but... if you're only counting wins, he won 35 of 56 starts, so I don't know. How 
good that is. <laughs> Go ahead, Kat. You know what you're talking about. I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to goalies. So No, I think he, are, he had a very bad defense in front of him. They, mm-hmm. you know, I think the, the Jets didn't anticipate Dustin Bufflin deciding he was done playing hockey before the season. Yeah, big buff. RIP, gone too soon. They moved Jacob Truba. Um, they moved Tyler Myers during the prior season. Not that Tyler Myers should be the bastion of your defense, but they had just a bunch of question marks this year. And uh, and it showed. It, it decidedly showed. Um, I think that there's something to be said for the fact that when their quality of defense went down like that, their backup, Laurent Bressois, you know, he did fantastic the year before when the team started to really pile on the suckage, so to speak, um, he suffered for it. Like, he really did. And uh, Connor Hellebuck started off kind of slow. You know, he didn't have a great start to the year. But once he really, he was like, all right, the team's going to give me PTSD. I got this. And he just, like, he, he leaned all into it. And I think it it paid off in the long run. Um, I think those minutes maybe shouldn't... I don't know. I think... I think a guy shouldn't be punished for not having the minutes because that will be the knock against Rask, right? Play yeah, a nice really. balanced schedule, but I think there's something to be said for the fact that Connor Hellebuck had such a bad team in front of him. And so when you look at that net positive, um, like the net benefit that he provided for his team, that's where he stands out against Vasilevsky, in my opinion, is he had nothing in front of him. There were some games where it looked like he was alone. And he still managed to be not just not just a competent goaltender, but one of the best in the league. And I think that's that that counts for something. I think when you broke down those advanced numbers, he was at the top and Mm -hmm. by like a very wide margin, too. I think that he was he was like in a class all his own. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people are pretty much calling Hellebuck the front runner here. Like you said, with that workload. A 922 save percentage and a 257 goals against. Again, not that either of those are perfect stats by any means. Plenty of issues with those too, um, which I'm sure you could explain far better than Drew and I could. But uh, at the very oh, far base, better than me, probably a little <laughs> better than Cam. Probably a lot better than me. But um, there's something to say about putting up really strong numbers, like you said, kind of just as the sole line of defense for his team. Um, I think that definitely is is going to be, if he does end up winning, I think that's going to be what pushes him over the edge against Rask. I would agree there, for sure. Yeah. All right, so let's loop it around to uh, Rask himself here, Joe Haggerty's favorite. Actually, <laughs> Drew, I know you saw this. Joe Haggerty was part of the uh, the Twitter hackage, and then um, I, I'm assuming he posted this. I think he oh, posted about, jokingly. About, oh, he got hacked. Yeah, yeah, I don't think I can't tell if somebody actually hacked him and posted this, or if like he just did it jokingly afterward. But he like tweeted about Tugaras being the best playoff goaltender in Bruins history. Um, yeah, I, I replied to that before I knew he was hacked. I, I think I replied to some quote tweet, and I said he flips, he flip flops more than most politicians do, which. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was a pretty good tweet if he didn't get hacked. But. <laughs> nice. If you want, you want to go back and just like it now, it'd make me feel really good. <laughs> uh, so Tugaras led the league in goals against average with a 2.12, was second in save percentage with a 929 save percentage, second in shutouts, 26 wins for whatever the fuck you, you, know, you think that means. 
uh, Connor Ryan tweeted out some stuff uh, among goalies that logged at least 2,000 minutes of ice time across all strengths. He was first in save percentage, first in goal saved above average, and second in high danger save percentage. I think no one's going to dispute, kind of like Vasilevsky and definitely like Hellebuck, that Rask had an unbelievable season. The question or not, which, you know, Kat already alluded to a little bit earlier, is whether that workload is going to hurt him having a very confident backup goaltender that could back could certainly come back to bite him in the, in the minds of voters. So I'm interested to see what your take is on how he could stand up to Hellebuck and, you know, what it would take for him as far as voters, what they're thinking in order to beat him. I honestly, and it, it sounds terrible because, you know, I'm, I'm a big Rask fan. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's fantastic. Uh, I think that the only way he can beat, Hellebuck at this point is if there's severe East Coast bias. You know, mm-hmm. if team if GMs didn't watch enough of the Jets, which is entirely possible because like yeah, I don't yeah. watch the Jets on purpose. If I can mm-hmm. help it, I'm not watching them. So yeah. I know that I had to do some stuff on uh on Hellebuck and Lauren Briswell last year. And I had to like actively go back and watch their games because I'd watched two Winnipeg games all year. And I think <laughs> I was at one of them. So <laughs> <laughs> like, like I had to go back and actively look, whereas the Bruins games, I think more GMs are likely to have watched those, right? So I think that that could maybe sway things in his favor, um, but that workload hurts him, right? And I don't think it should. I think that more and more teams are seeing the benefit of, you know, having this nice balanced workload for goalies. We don't see the workload necessarily hurt guys for the Hart Trophy, for the Selkie, for... For the Norris, you know, when these guys, Connor McDavid's not on the ice for 40 minutes a night. Um, Mm -hmm. That's true. But that being said, I think that some GMs are still a little sluggish on it. And it helps that GMs like Kyle Dubas, John Chica, um, you know, you've got uh, got Iserman. Those are guys who believe in a little bit more of a modern approach. Maybe Jim Benning. Nobody really knows what he thinks. Um, I think that he's been more of a tandem guy. The ones who believe that that's a good process might be more willing to vote in Rask's favor. But I, I'm, I'm just not sure. You know, you see the the quality of the team, like you said, and it's not like the Bruins have the league's best defense. They have a good one, but it's not the best um but it's it's not winnipeg either winnipeg to me is one of the bottom five defense across the league um and just looking at the comparative numbers between rask and hellebuck once you look at what they're what they're faced with um situationally i think that it's it's going to be tough for Rask. but I, i do think he's he's probably earned a couple first place votes for sure i think that Vasilevsky yeah. probably has one or two from guys that are like 90 years old and aren't really sure what's going on. Um, <laughs> and then you've got Rask, who probably has three or four votes for first place, and then I think that the rest of them probably went to Hellebuck. Yeah. I, Hellebuck's been nominated before, like for the top the top three, right? Like, I don't think it was last like a year. Couple it was prior, yeah. 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 So I, I think I'm kind of on the same wavelength as you and uh, it sounds like i'm drew is too i i i think well hellebuck yeah she the... knows way more than me so yeah sure let's <laughs> i would be very surprised if hellebuck doesn't win um i think 
I don't know. It's interesting. I like. How do you feel about GMs being? Because it's different for each award. How do you feel about GMs being the voice of authority over the Vezina Trophy? Do you think that is how it should be? Do you think it should go to the media? Do you think it should go to players or something like that? You know what I mean? How do you feel about GMs in total as the voting? Ah, uh, I mean, so I was I was actually a guest on a podcast last week where we talked about voting. And so many of the, the awards are so vague that I think the players appreciate when they win them, but take them with a grain of salt. So we were arguing about the Lady Bing, right? Which is yeah. like a, who, who the fuck knows? Like, yeah. voting. <laughs> I, I was like, full disclosure, I was trying to explain my voting process for the Lady Bing. And I was like, trying to figure out what it actually means. Um, and the players know that too. The players are fully aware that these awards have vague names, um, vague descriptions. Uh, so I guess giving the GMs a little bit of power in those is all right. Like, I, I, I think it's better than because the players don't necessarily love talking about that stuff. Because I always ask the players about goaltenders and. There's probably two or three players on every team who actively pay attention to the goalies. Like uh, Connor Garland with the Coyotes pays attention to the goalies. He watches film on all of them. Um, Nolan Patrick with uh, with the Flyers. He watches so much film. He uh, when he was in town, he actually told us that he'd been sitting there with an iPad, like ferociously going through old shootout performances for the goalie for the Coyotes, just so he could figure out what he wanted to do and so there's some some BU right sorry (laughs) no and Patrick was on BU I saw him live that's my only brag point okay go ahead (laughs) (laughs) but yeah there are all these players that uh that do pay attention to it and then there are some Brad Richardson with the Coyotes let me know like point blank he doesn't watch anything with the goalies because he prefers not to not to overthink it and when he starts watching too much he gets in his own head and so i think that some of the players wouldn't want to vote for that one right like i think that some of them would be like oh you know overthinking this watching too much film is going to mess with my game i don't want to do it i'm just going to vote for the guys with the most wins done deal and so i think that we'd lose some of the integrity of the voting process there Um, but i think that maybe letting the gms and the media do it together yeah that's what i was just thinking too i don't know are there any that are that are hybrid like that i think it's usually one or the other correct there there are no hybrid awards so i will i will mention just really briefly uh nolan patrick has never played in college hockey at all so i was completely (laughs) wrong joel it was i was thinking like oh young flyers joel farabee i covered him when i was covering there you go he's on the flyers (laughs) so i was like oh maybe nolan patrick played for another college or something but nope he played for the wheat kings and the (laughs) like the whl (laughs) that's I think that's, that's a, on brand for me. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, there's kind of both on brand because you always get the humble brag in there, where or not even humble, <laughs> very not so humble brag of like, oh, I saw that player, or that game, or Drew's been to like every big Boston sporting event since oh, yeah. like the dawn of time, apparently. 
And I'm Clay pretty sure Buckles, he watched no 10 hitter, Williams Derek hit Lowe's, no hitter. Yeah. Game five against Montreal in 2011. Those are my big three. I'm pretty sure you saw Ted Williams' like 500-foot home run. Oh, I did. Yeah, I was actually the guy in the stands that he hit on the head. Yeah, you were that. in the red seat at Fenway Park, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, but no, that is an interesting point about um, – I, I, I feel like that would be the – I guess the, the question would be like how you weigh it. Like how much does a GM's vote matter compared to mm-hmm. you know member X of the media? But I, I feel like that would be the best way to do it because I think obviously there is some value in actually being in the front office and stuff like that. I'm not going to say GMs don't know hockey, but I think there are a lot of GMs. <laughs> Cats give them the, eh. I, I, okay, I won't say all GMs don't know hockey, but on they the flip the side of that. They know the business of hockey 100%. They know fair. the business. I think on the flip side of that, there are probably a lot of crusty old white men who are going to just look at wins <laughs> and vote for them. You know what I mean? So if we're being honest, this is – so I, I feel I, like having members of the media who really study this stuff, like I'm sure Cat could outschool any NHL GM when it comes to goaltending. You know, I, I feel like having kind of a hybrid approach would be the best way to do it. But I don't know. What Ron if, Hextall was a GM for a while. I definitely can't on goaltending. All right, I'll give you 95%. So whatever that what translates out to. I'm not a math guy, but. Maybe this is a crazy idea. But out of left field, what if scouts voted? Like you put your like one of your NHL scouts up to vote, like your goaltending scout, your head whatever department scout for each position. Not every team has a goalie scout. Oh, okay. which is kind of crazy to me. Well, your head scout or whatever, you know, like you're the chief of scouting, whatever the title is. <laughs> like like someone who actually you know watches the opponent and like looks at specific players. Because, I mean, I know that there's at least one team, and I don't know if he's still with them, but I was talking to a scout for a Western Conference team, like, almost four or five years ago, and he outright told me that for goalies, he doesn't know what's going on. He's never been a goalie. He's never coached goalies. So he goes, especially with junior goalies, when he's trying to decide who to draft. Yeah, because he's a pros- more of a, on the prospects, yeah. He went by wins. And I, I was like, what are you what are you doing? Why, why you do that? Yeah, oh, no, you're see, like, oh, I no. should have your job. Oh, baby, what is he doing? <laughs> but, yeah, he, oh, he just, like, openly told me. He's like, I don't know what goes on with goalies. Um, so if I'm told that I have to scout a goalie, I go by wins. You should be like, you could hire me. And, <laughs> uh... Luckily, that particular <laughs> team has really, really flushed out their – their goaltending support staff they're a team that has a lot of really good goaltending support staff now but yeah when he told me that i i like honestly didn't know what to say in response just a little bit do you remember what team i know exactly what team it is i just don't want to sell them out because i don't know yeah okay okay i don't want to get in trouble (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna i'm just gonna i you don't need to confirm nor deny but i'm gonna randomly (laughs) guess that it was like an expansion team like it was not the 80s I will say oh, it was really? not an expansion. It, okay, so it was the Boston Bruins. And that <laughs> needs to change. She said a West Coast there. I know you're not a geography guy, but. It was Joe Haggerty posing as a scout. He had glasses. <laughs> he probably would, too. Um, so a couple more things that I'll say because I wrote it down and I wanted – I was doing this at work, so I feel like I needed to – definitely not doing this at work. Sorry to my bosses. Uh, Rask- no, it's Saturday for you. Right? <laughs> it is Saturday for me. Happy, Mis- happy Mr. Saturday, guys. Mr. Shitty new employee schedule <laughs> yeah, over it's here. Garbage. Uh, so if Rask <laughs> did win, he would become the fourth goalie in Bruins history to win the Vezina several times. 
Uh, he also won it back in 2014. Tiny Thompson would, won really? it four no, times. No one else in the Bruins won it multiple? No, I said he would be the fourth time, fourth one. I thought you said first. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going to blame Google Hangouts for yeah, this. There you go, they there are you not go. a sponsor, but they seem to not do great at what they do. <laughs> right, go ahead. We're switching to Zoom. No. Uh, so <laughs> Tiny Thompson has won, has won. Won it four times. Frank Brimsick won it, and Timmy Thomas also did it. Um, Bobrovsky, I believe, is the only goalie in the league now who has won it more than once, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I would have to double check. Has who? Sorry. I I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I have do Actually, I have the web page up no, here. There you go. Search it up. Find it. Yo. Uh, I don't think he's even. Uh, Veselevsky in 2019, Rene 2018, blah, 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 blah. All these no names. No, I'm just kidding. They're actually really <laughs> good names in hockey, of course. It doesn't look like he even won it, right? Didn't Quick. he like win it? I thought he won Quick. it during one of those Stanley Cup years, but maybe. Um, Vasilevsky, I'm going back by year. So 2019, Vasilevsky, 2018, Rene, Bobrovsky, Holtby, Price, Rask, Bobrovsky, Lundqvist, Tim Thomas, Ryan Miller, Tim Thomas, Brodor, Brodor, Kippersoff, Brodor, Brodor, Jose really? Kidor. I'm getting to the wow. point where I don't even think he was like 15. Yeah, but... I thought it would have been like 2010, 2012, nah, like one of those. No, nah, but... he didn't. It looks like he didn't win it. Hmm. This is according to NHL.com, by the way. So. Oh, those guys are liars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they fudge their own stats. Yeah. Well, Kat, I'm interested to see your take. You kind of talked about this a little bit of kind of the new age, old age thinking about goaltending. Um, do you see it really kind of in the next you know, 10, 20 years turning into really a, a tandem thing for every team? I mean, you look at what the Bruins did this year um, with Rask and Halak splitting the Jennings Trophy. I... It was great. I mean, the Bruins have been pretty blessed with backup goaltenders the last couple of years. Oh, um, yeah. And we've talked about it a couple of times in this podcast, but you go back four or five years, that was one of the issues that they were having kind of on a yearly basis was running out Rask for, you know, 60 games a year. And by the time the playoffs roll around, he's dead. <laughs> yeah, so I, it sounds like you're kind of leaning onto the whole two-goalie tandem thing as a, really the future of goaltending in the NHL. I think we're going to have to. Um, you look at... You look at the talent of the shooters and you look at the the schedule, especially this upcoming year, where it sounds like they want to do a full 82-game schedule. I don't think that's going to happen, but it sounds like they're going to start the season in either December or January and then expect to run a full 82-game season, which in order to do that, they're going to have to follow the European model where they have games like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And there's no way that you're going to have these guys. That are, yeah. yeah, there's there's no way, you know, especially when you look at guys who are fantastic but older. Uh, <clears throat> Henrik Lundqvist, I'm assuming he's still going to be playing because he's still good. Yeah. There's no way he's going to be able to do that. Um, <clears throat> even at the Coyotes, uh, Auntie Ranta is going to be 31. Darcy Gemper is going to be 30. Uh, for goaltenders, just the wear and tear on the body, that's old. Um, yeah. You look at, I mean, Tukaras, perfect yeah. example. Yeah. Um, and Halak. Well, they they did they did sign Halak. Wow, I forget. We talked about this like episode like fifteen. They did re-sign Halak. Yes, they did. Now I'm remembering. Um, yeah, that's going to be important to have a backup goaltender. I didn't even think about that. If they're trying to fit a 82 game schedule, wow. I don't yeah, think they're going to pull it off. Yeah, I, I feel either. like it'll be abbreviated. 
it's probably going to be like maybe 70 games. Um, That's still a lot given the time frame. If they're finishing up the playoffs late September. It's going to, I think we're going to see more goaltender injuries, but I also think we're going to see more, not just two goaltender tandems, but three goaltender systems. We're going to see. Swayman gets his chance. Let's go. (laughs) But you know, you see what's happening in Vancouver. They have Jacob Markstrom, Thatcher Demko, Mikey DiPietro is in their system too. That's a three goalie t- trio that's going to be able to really work things out. Um, mm-hmm. You look at, I think the Islanders are going to be able to do it. They have uh, Semyon Varlamov and Thomas Grace. That's another team that's been doing the tandem really well. I believe they've officially signed Ilya Sorokin now too. Um, the Rangers have their trio in Lundqvist, Shesterkin, and Gorgiev, which is supremely unfair and i'm not sure how they're allowed to have that yeah that's extremely rude um coyotes have aiden hill darcy kemper he, uh auntie ranta the kings don't matter because they're not gonna they're not gonna win any games anyway whatever's going on with martin jones i hope he fixes it um like in his brain but you know you, you have all these teams that have at least one good prospect. And I was talking with a goalie coach before the season last year in the ECHL, I think it was the Florida Everblades goalie coach. And he was saying that there was just this surplus of good goalies. And so you had guys who could have been AHL goalies playing in the coast because there were just so many good goalies. And there were guys from Europe who wanted to come over and there just like wasn't a spot for them. And I think Mm -hmm. we're going to see that that surplus of talent helping out next year. Um, because you're going to see guys like Rask, who, bless his heart, I don't think he can play that many games without getting hurt. No. Um, yeah. You look at the Ducks have John Gibson and Ryan Miller. Neither of them can ever stay oh, healthy. Yeah. Ever. Um, <laughs> like, just never. I don't even know ever, ever how good a Lucci chip Miller. Nope. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how good a healthy Ryan Miller is now. I, I, it's been a while since I've followed him seriously. but Ever since that hit, man, he ru- like literally <laughs> Milan Lucic ruined the Buffalo Sabres <laughs> franchise. <laughs> they haven't recovered. They literally have not recovered no, since they, Even with the new goaltenders, they haven't recovered. And Jack Eichel, yeah. <laughs> I just realized like we haven't even mentioned them in any of this. And they're, they're another team that's been trying to do the tandem thing, and it kind of worked for them but then like the rest of their team shot the bed yeah just one thought i know it's not goaltenders uh which actually gets away from my weakness in terms of hockey (laughs) um but if they're to squeeze like an 82 game or realistically a little less than that season where they are playing those games uh i think you said friday saturday sunday or you know three games in a row either way uh, with skaters too that's an issue especially older ones but even younger ones when you're playing like 15 to 20 minutes a game that's tough it's so much of an endurance thing I wonder if they'd expand because I-, I believe they can have 23 players on the NHL roster I think they're gonna have to ex- I think they're expand gonna have to expand that. You're going to see a lot of AHL or at least like, you know, some of your prospects that are kind of on the cusp of making a healthy scratch point. Uh, you're going to see a lot more, which would which would really be cool. But that's also I, I really before this, I hadn't thought about that, about how they're going to try to squeeze more than half a season in in basically half the time that they usually have for a regular season. Yeah, I don't know how they think it's going to work, but um. I mean, we've also got travel to consider. Um, 
You know, I don't think that they're going to be able to recall guys in the same way. There are still a few teams here and there. Uh, the Canucks are the biggest one. They're AHL teams in the U.S. They're in Canada, um, Calgary, and Edmonton. They're not even allowed in Canada right exactly. now. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't know how that's going to work. Um, from what I from what I understand, the AHL and the ECHL are hoping to get their season started a little sooner too. So I don't I don't know how anything's going to work. But but yeah, I think yeah. we're going to see more more tandem systems to like loop it all back. I think that. Mm-hmm the way that the league was going was already trending towards it just with the quality of play and the caliber of play and the pace of play. It's all, it's all getting better. Um, But I think we're also going to have to see it next year for teams that like Toronto, Winnipeg, Tampa Bay that have been like staunchly against it. And I know that Toronto was against it almost exclusively because Mike Babcock didn't want it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once he once he left, they they brought in Jack Campbell. Now they have a competent backup. Um, but these other teams, I think they're gonna have to do it. Whether they like Tampa Bay, I don't know what's going on there. They they signed like seven goalies last off season, and all of them were bad. So they had, I... they had like Curtis McElhaney, Louis Domingue, Scott Wedgwood, uh, Connor Ingram. Like they had this whole list of guys who. I don't think Connor Ingram was with them anymore. He may have left. They had like five or six guys who weren't NHL caliber guys, and that I don't know what they I don't know what they wanted. Yeah, kind of just like a spray and pray, just like hope one of them, like just deal enough cards and one of them's got to be good, kind of thing. Like, a... like for the listeners, if you ever want to laugh, go look at the Syracuse Crunch goaltending stats for this last year. They had like <laughs> eight goalies, and none of them hit a nine hundred save percentage. Damn, that, that's kind of wacky. That's kind of a great name of a team, though. The Crush. It's also the kind crunch. of random. The Crunch is like a cereal. <laughs> yeah, or the fucking the little Nestle Crunch bars. Yeah. Like. But, yeah, I know. R.I.P. the, uh, well, R.I.P. really the Albany River Rats, elite name, but then they became the Albany Devils and no one went to their games anymore, and that's that's why they became the Binghamton Devils. I'm convinced if they just stuck with the River Rats, everybody would have been there. Like, we're going off on a, a real tangent here, but, like, no one gave a shit about the Albany Devils except for one night a year they would have River Rats night, and it would be a packed house every year. Like, everybody would be like, fuck yeah, the River Rats are back? Hell yeah. I was like, why don't you guys just rebrand back, and you'll actually be able to keep the team. But yeah. to Binghamton they go. Um, I had another point. I'm trying to remember what it was. Oh, that's kind of – you mentioned it first with goaltenders, and I was wondering, and then – Drew kind of brought up with other players. If they do have expanded rosters, and especially if you're going to be going for like a three-goalie system, I'm curious to see how many teams kind of try to take a run at the free agent market and take mm. like you know veteran proven guys if they're only going to play, I don't know, 15 games versus how many teams are going to just stick within their own system and bring up prospects. From a goaltending perspective, it's really interesting, but also just from a, a general roster perspective, I'm interested to see kind of what the strategy is for GMs, whether they try to go with proven talent who are maybe older or, you know, thinking that they don't have to play as many games and yeah. not going to get as tired I, out I, or if they're going to think just Hul- let the I, new guys come in. I think Halak would have already made money, more money if he went with the team. Obviously, he'd be at a weaker team making uh, money as like a starter just based on how he's played. He could be a starter on a weaker team, I think. But if you're looking at the market for now, backup goaltenders, like third goaltenders, if that is to happen, Halak could have made a lot of money 
for that role specifically. Sa- not sacrificing the starting role, but actually still being a backup on a winning team. That wow, he, he whatever. That was just one point <laughs> I had. I don't know how to complete that point. So somebody else talk, please. I think it's. Uh, I think a lot of it's going to have to do with um with regulations for COVID. Because I know that there are a lot of goalies that went over to Europe because they they didn't have really a spot in the AHL or the NHL. Uh, Michael Gartig, he was in the Toronto Maple Leaf system. Gartig, yes. Yes, uh, old Quinnipiac guy. Yes, I went to Quinnipiac. That's how I knew the name. I thought you were being I like, was like facetious. I was true. like, no, 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 no. no. I was like, I either know him from covering BU or I know him because he went to Quinnipiac and he did. All right. He did, he went to Quinnipiac. Um, he was good. I mean that's why that's why he made it. Shout to out the ECAC. Uh, that's why he got drafted. You know. <laughs> yeah, he was in the the Canucks system for a while, and then he went to the yeah. Leaf system. Oh, I didn't even know he got traded. Well. Wow. Yeah, he. Uh, there wasn't really room for him in the AHL, so he ended up winning the ECHL, the Kelly Cup with uh, the Newfoundland Growlers. Um, hmm. But there really there there just wasn't room in the AHL for him, so he went yeah. overseas. He actually played in Finland last year, made more money. Had a ton of fun dealing with with Finland and and all that that entails. And their baseball, he must have became a huge Finnish baseball fan. <laughs> we had a chat about how much fun Finland was. Um, but guys like him who went overseas because there just wasn't room for them. Uh, another former Canucks guy, Jonathan Elati, uh, got drafted by them. There just wasn't room for him to be in North America this year, so he was over in Europe. So there are a ton of guys who there's. There just wasn't room for them in North America, and so they were playing in the European leagues. But that being said, I don't know if they'll be allowed in. Uh, obviously, Garcia he'll be allowed in the U.S. because he he lives in D.C. Um, I think he lives up in Prince George. But mm-hmm. the European guys who hadn't quite made their way over um, or had gone back home, um, I don't know. I don't know what the visa situation is going to be for stuff like that. I know that last year it was already tough to get visas in the u.s um if there's still covid going on i don't know what the free agent market will look like just in terms of getting guys over here so yeah. i think that that'll, that'll even, probably affect it i didn't even think about the visa kind of situation i was thinking like oh it's not as bad over there so they could easily get in but what yeah. about getting out well that's the irony <laughs> that's the irony right it's like all of those countries are doing so much better than the u.s is because of you know, competent leadership and taking this seriously and like not <laughs> politicizing wearing masks, you know, crazy shit like that. Um, oh, but, what if our president and, actively wore a mask? All right, I'll get away from politics. He <laughs> tweeted about it today. He's our favorite president. Right? Yeah. Oh, good <laughs> uh, it's all, all right, right guys. So we're going to let Kanye. An extra hour because now we're going to get into politics. So, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> well, before we wrap up, wrap up rather the goalie segment, um, there I have are a good amount of questions after the goalie. Actually, segment. I have three questions for you. Cat, question one. They're 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 simple. Don't worry. Question one. <laughs> As somebody who just understands goaltending, really gets it. Who is all time your favorite goaltender? And then B or current least, NHL give, goaltender. At least give a top three of your favorites. Oh, yeah, I know that's hard. I get asked my like, favorite band all the time, and I'm like, I gotta give three here. You know, I know. So somebody asked me my favorite snack earlier, and I was like, Why don't you just ask me to pick pop. my favorite kid this, too? This, like, this is know. brought to you by <laughs> Skinny Pop. Inside joke. Sorry, Kat. Right, go ahead. <laughs> <clears throat> so. I mean, my 
on Twitter, I have Vesa Toscala, which is not not accurate. Um, okay. <laughs> I, I I never heard of that name, and it kind of sounds like an Italian meal. So he's a Finnish goalie who allowed a hundred ninety nine okay. foot goal for the Toronto. Oh Bulls. no way! That's amazing. It's yeah, that's that's a video for the ages. Um, Henrik Lundqvist is definitely on up there for me. Um, nostalgia wise, I'm I always have a soft spot for Rask, uh, but. Probably Lundqvist, Ron Hextall, and Johnny Bauer. Interesting. Now, is that based on is that based on general like everything, personality, play, all that, or is it just based on like how they actually play goaltending, the mechanics, that sort of thing? Uh, nostalgia for Bauer. Um, there's there's an old family <laughs> story there. He used to he used to board with my family when he played for the Leafs. Um, oh no way! That's awesome. From Toronto. Um, <laughs> then Ron Hextall, I. I love me a good goalie fight. Um, yeah. I, I feel like you've seen that. <laughs> love me a good goalie fight. Um, and Lundqvist, the the play, I feel like he's going to go down as as the best goaltender of the current generation. Um, yeah, I agree. Just sustainability-wise. As, as much love as I have for, for Ronta and Corey Crawford and Tuka Rask, they're all like my next tier. But I think Lundqvist outclasses even all of them. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, of course, in, I'm sure Joe Haggerty thinks he's a garbage playoff goalie. Well, no, his, he his shut out in Game Seven Haggerty, of the Stanley Cup Final. Haggerty's like, top know. three are uh, Tim Thomas, <laughs> Timothy Thomas, and Thomas <laughs> Timothy. So <laughs> Thomas, comma Tim, yeah. Um, and well, then Cam, Cam so, answer your own question. What's your top three? Oh, off my the bat, f- off the bat, all time. Oh man, that's tough. I don't even know, man. <laughs> I, I got oh, my man. top three, and then you can. I always ask people questions that I can't answer. All right, you go I ahead and three, give me yours. I uh, looked up one last one to make sure it was him. Uh, I gotta say, <laughs> in no particular order, in no particular order, uh, Hashik, um, Eddie the Eagle, Belfort. <laughs> Is that just for the name? Or <laughs> no, no, it's because I owned a Dallas Stars uh, VHS of them winning the Stanley Cup. I love it. Oh. I love that Belfour. And then uh, Tiny Thompson, because he played for the Bruins, so that's some bias. But also, what a nickname for a goaltender. Tiny. Mm-hmm. And he did very well for himself, <laughs> I do believe. So I'm going to go with Tiny Thompson. <laughs> I do believe. Wait, what was it? He was 5'10". That's not... I'm 5'10". What am I, Tiny? Jesus Christ. Okay. Cam. <laughs> <coughs> oh, man. That's tough. Name um... any goaltender. I feel like Hashik's got to be up there. Just, yeah. just the pure chaos. Is His just mask like too amazing His to watch, mask. and and the mask. Um, man, I don't know. I mean, in a similar vein, it was really fun watching Tim Thomas. Not quite as extreme as Hashik, obviously, but yeah. just the same somewhat style. Just, of there's just everywhere. no no cohesive style. I, and Kat can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like there was no strategy there. It was just purely like, just like find I'll, a way to get somebody. I'll throw my body in, in this direction just in case the puck goes there. It always mm-hmm. worked out. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Eddie. I don't know. I, I feel like as like somebody who like grew up like on the the movie and documentaries about the Miracle on Ice, like I've always just been like kind of like I don't know what the right word is, but just like in awe of like Vladislav Tretiak. I think the whole the whole thing that went on with him about like how he had offers to come play in the NHL and the Soviets just kind of hid it from him and stuff like that. I've always wondered like what he could have done. I didn't even know that. That's crazy. Yeah. I, I, I genuinely, 
And I feel like that's like a hard argument to make. It's like he never played a single game in the NHL, but he would have been the GOAT. Like, you know what I mean? That's a hard – I feel like people are going to be like, yeah, fuck me. You know what I mean? But like you look at what he did for that Soviet team. He's the goalie coach who first ushered in Ed Belfort, though. He yeah, exactly. One of the first like coaches and, for, for the Chicago Blackhawks. So, and he was the goalie on the best hockey team of all time. I, I think without question, they kicked the shit out of the NHL All Stars, out of Team Canada, like out of everyone except for some college kids from the U.S. Ho, hey ho, Patriots. At least he didn't get his shit. ankle broken. By <laughs> what's his face? But, um, <clears throat> I also just like personal story. Uh, my dad growing up played. Um, in, in New York, played high school hockey. So it's against, him. Uh, it's your dad. A guy, <laughs> against a guy named – my dad was also a goalie growing up um, and transitioned to so it's your you dad. Know, all stuff when he played men's league. But my dad played you against say it's your dad. Uh, this guy growing up from Troy, New York, whose name was Guy Hebert. And Guy Hebert ended up making it to the NHL. And when he started playing in the NHL, they wanted to acquaint him with the French-Canadian fans. So they started calling him Guy Hebert. So he went from Guy Hebert, a kid from upstate New York, and then made it to the NHL and became known as Guy Bear, which is one of my favorite things of all time, just to try to, like, get him in with the, it's a marketing with the, the French Canadians. Actually, yeah, yeah. So I, I kind of love that. Can I drop that University of Maryland goalie in there as one of my top five favorites? Oh, is it my guy? Of course you can. Which one? My guy, Corey can. Moorfield. I don't even remember the kid's name, but he had those... Those Maryland pads. That's that's Corey. That's my guy Corey. Yeah, I'm gonna tell him you said that he's gonna love him. But yeah, yeah. No, Corey's my man. Um, he got the. He actually designed our jerseys two years ago. We ordered new jerseys that the match the pads. pads. <laughs> yeah, literally. So he like he. I was running the team back then, and we were like, all right, we need new jerseys because our old ones are from like 2005. So I was like, we're gonna order some new ones. We have no money, but we're gonna find a way to do it. Uh, shout out Rebirth. Sounds like just company. being awesome between stuff. the ages of 18 and like 25, but yeah. Pretty find much, the yeah. money. Um, <laughs> we don't have the money, but we're going to find a way. <laughs> yeah. Well, Corey offered. He was like, I'm going to mock up some jerseys and I'll send them to you. And I was like, hell yeah, dude. See us and you know, show me what you got. So he designed them and they ended up looking sweet. So we sent him Rebirth and they made them, but then he got his pads because he had just straight up, I think, white pads in the first year or two I played with him. But then once we got the uh, the fresh jerseys, he like totally did the whole pad wrap thing, um, and had the the six set up. I loved it. It was so nice. But you had a second <laughs> um, question. We we went on and on. Oh yes, that. the most important I meant, question I meant for us to list I, like three names like, and then continue. But it's like ninety percent of the reason we had Cat on. Oh yeah. I've, Who I've never is talked Izzy's to- choice? Izzy's choice for the top goalie goals this year. I want to hear it. Who is she picking? So. For the listeners, I uh, I have a three and a half year old daughter who um is we, we call her Nostra Izzy. Um, she's she's a prophet. She she she's able to predict games very scarily accurately. Really, <laughs> yeah. So we should have her on the podcast. But yeah, that was kind of why we drink. <laughs> we should have her on the podcast for for when we're at t- the time where we're previewing the week ahead. Back when hockey's back, we gotta. <laughs> She can predict all Big the scores. Super Rask fan. Mm-hmm. She's she's a bigger Auntie Ranta fan though. That's that's her that's her number one goalie right now is Auntie Ranta. Um, There's some Arizona bias there. Yes, yes. Uh, Finnish <laughs> in Arizona. She likes goalies that wear yellow jerseys. Um, so she likes mm-hmm. Pecorine. She likes Tuukka Rask. Um, so, so 
if the Bruins bring back their Pooh Bear jerseys, it sounds no, like. No, 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 no. They should bring back the Winter Classic 2010 jerseys is mm. what they should bring back. But, but yeah, she um, she's actually visiting my parents. Um, because of all the COVID in Arizona right now, I uh, shipped her off on a plane in like late May. No way that was fantastic. I and just shipped her off. off. She's three like, and a half. She can handle her business. It up. Yeah, so I, had my, I had my dad come into town, and he uh, he came in for a day. He flew back home with her. The last time I talked to her, she told me that she is currently a bigger soccer fan than hockey fan. Ooh, interesting. Um, <clears throat> and hockey just hasn't. You you should just let her stay there until she. Thinks hockey's better again. <laughs> she never tell you about yeah, that. She's, uh, she's, she's big into Auntie Ronto right now. So, uh... Understandable. Now, I'm trying to do the math here. What year is she eligible for the draft? Then? It's going to be 2035? 2034. 2034. Alright, I'm going to make sure my fantasy team is ready for that. <laughs> I'm going to set a reminder. <laughs> the Coyotes, uh, they're, they're director of hockey development. Um, Super great guy. I coached for him for a couple years. Um, when she was born, he made her a little toque for ASU's women's oh. team. And it says uh, class of 2034, ASU women's That's hockey. Awesome. And then he got her a new one this last year. And so she has like all these little beanies that, that say that she's the, the draft class of 2034. That's awesome. I that, like off the top of my head. Yeah. The, the, well, she the might, funny she part might be is a that the listeners goalie, think I'm joking. That was the only <laughs> yeah. thing. Right now. Well, if it's soccer, then you know how they do it there. She can sign pro in like three years. I'm pretty sure yeah. seven years old is like send her off to Liverpool and she'll be set. <laughs> She's a Chelsea fan, so. Actually, you know, that's where the money is. You should push her into soccer. They make, yeah, they that make is the where bucks. the money is for sure. <laughs> um, all right. I want to shift gears here. And well, did I you have a third question? Drew. Or was it just. That two? was my third question. What was the second? Yeah. Uh, it was the, it. the first two were condensed. It was like favorite goalie all time and then currently. But then she said Lundqvist was, you know, like up there. So I was like, well, he's still current. So I kind of. Oh, I didn't say laughs, a current you know. one. The current one is too grask. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite current goalie is Joseph Haggerty. Uh, <laughs> a goalie of his opinions. He has to make some saves. The, the protector of his, of his arguments. <clears throat> um. Harsh transition, Kat. For a little bit of context, uh, the last couple of weeks, um, we've talked a lot about just kind of the culture of hockey and with everything going on with the Black Lives Matter movement and everything like that. Um, just kind of diving deep into the into the culture of hockey. I'm not going to get too serious on you here because we are going to keep this one lighthearted, but uh, I'm interested to see your take on the dress code. So, again, this is something that Chris could definitely go into more depth uh, than I can if he were here but he's talked a lot about um, how one of the big issues that he has with the sport is just kind of the lack of individualism, how hockey players are just bred to be always team first, always the collective, blah, 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 which is great, but at times it kind of overshadows the individual personalities that are in the game and whether it's just you know certain players feeling that they can express themselves in different ways or from a marketability standpoint, you know, guys like... David Posternock, who seemed like they would be the perfect person to market with the skill, just, you know, the personality, his fashion sense. Yeah, exactly. So I saw this on Reddit yesterday that somebody was asking Austin Matthews about the dress code uh, being more relaxed for the season. 
And his response was, quote, I'm really looking forward to it, honestly. It'll be a pretty cool opportunity for guys to express themselves like other leagues are able to. At times, hockey can kind of fall behind as far as that stuff kind of goes. So I'm interested to see your take as someone who has been close to the professional players on just kind of, you know, the lack of individuality and what the league could kind of do to, to change that. And, you know, whether this next couple of weeks or months when we have hockey coming back, hopefully not on wood, which is its own ethical dilemma, but you know, whether this things we see over the next couple of months with players really being able to express themselves is something that the NHL can and should move forward to, you know, in, in the years to come. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think it's, it's good that Austin Matthews is one of the ones who spoke on it. Cause uh, oh, yeah. obviously he's one who, who doesn't really care what people think um, when it comes yeah. to his dress code. Um, I mean, he has that mustache. Guy's got fashion. So. Yeah. <laughs> mm. <laughs> you can't wear the same way. <laughs> but yeah, he, uh, he's a really good example. Um, and, and it sort of almost ties into the, uh, the Black Lives Matter and the you can play in hockey is for everyone because typically there there's a bit of a culture divide when it comes to fashion, right? The way that mm-hmm. like black culture dress wise um, versus versus how white people tend to dress when it comes to dressing up, it's very different. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, you see guys like like PK Subban usually just the sort first of flaunts one that came it. To mind for me, yeah. He does. He does. He really just sort of flaunts it. Um, Austin Matthews flaunts it. He's another player of color. Um, Evander Kane sometimes does too. Um, but you don't see a ton of it from some of the other guys. You see it from a few of the Europeans, but not a ton. And I think it's going to give players an opportunity to really dress, to feel comfortable in their own skin. And I think that some guys are still going to feel most comfortable in a boring suit and tie. And that's okay. Like, do you, whatever makes you happy. Um, but yeah. for the guys who who do want a chance to maybe maybe feel a bit more comfortable with how they how they show up to the rink and how they show up for a game. Um, I don't think that how you dress has any impact on how you play whatsoever. And I think that a lot of people, like you said, they they see it as more of a me versus we situation. And mm-hmm. I think it's going to give some of those guys who, who do dress differently, um, who tend to be the players of color, it's going to give them more more insulation there. They're not going to be singled out as much for, for towing the line on a dress code because the dress code doesn't exist. So we're just able to focus on how they look on the ice. Um, guys like JT Brown, you know, I think they, they won't stand out in a negative way to certain people as much. And I think that they'll still be able to stand out because their style is fresh. Like they look fantastic. Yeah. 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 I could never either. I, I want to pull off those hats so fucking badly. I'm wearing a pair of bike shorts that I got to try and look cool with the kids, and I'm still called old when I wear it. Like, I don't look cool ever. Um, but, but no, I think it's – and being able to wear short sleeve shirts to the rink to show off some yeah. of the tattoos. A lot of them have, have tattoos that have meaning to them. Uh, yeah. Mr. Lickens is a big one. He has some tattoos that he's done himself. Which really? Is, That's yeah, awesome. I did not know that. That's fucking awesome. Like, like there, there's no uh, more metal than that. <laughs> wow. Like the poke and fucking whatever the other word is. Stick and poke. Yeah. That's awesome. That's more of a college thing for my friends that I had that did that. But yeah, good shit. One of my younger <laughs> brothers does that. Um, he's he's super into that right now. But yeah, he's done some of his own tattoos. He has some for his 
his parents, like his birth parents and for his uh, billet parents in Switzerland. I believe his billet mom passed away from cancer. Um, she may have just been diagnosed. And I, I don't remember the full details, but he has like, he has tributes to that family on his arm too. And so That's I think awesome. that giving these players a chance to show who they are and what certain things mean to them. Um, giving like a guy like Anders Nielsen, he's very into the the pride movement, the LGBTQIA+. Um, he wears a lot of that stuff when it's not suit and tie time. So giving him a chance to wear stuff like that, although he won't be there for the plan. Because Ottawa doesn't. The- they should honestly, yeah. as someone who like has a couple once more and is super into like tattoos and the meaning and shit, like they should, the NHL like in terms of marketing, they don't do very well. Let alone with their players, but in really any other aspect, then like we're fast and we're on ice and Canada invented this. Yeah, the same slogan since like the eighties. Yeah. yeah, like so <laughs> they should they should like. That would be a cool segment for them to do, like, on their Instagram or, you know, whatever. Like, just the tattoos of some players. Because there are a lot. I mean, in general, a lot of athletes do have them. But, like... Allison Lucan did a really good job with the Athletic uh, Columbus. She did She did a fantastic story. That's where I know the ones about Elvis Merzlikens. Um, oh, okay. Jacob Chikrin, though, has... He has some Hebrew tattooed on him. Um which is cool. He's one of the few Jewish players in the league. I don't remember if he specifically is or if it's just one of his parents, but ethnically he has Jewish lineage. And so he has some Hebrew tattooed on him, which that's cool. I have the star of David too. So I thought that was really cool. Like getting to getting to connect over that, but yeah. So players that, that just have a chance to be more individualized, which the sport desperately needs. I think that's, what you just said is the perfect example. I mean, obviously you're someone who is really into hockey regardless of tattoos, but it's, it, I feel like it's just such a miss for the NHL to not use these things to their advantage because there are people out there who, you know, maybe are kind of interested casual hockey fans. And if they see something, whether it's tattoos or style or just personality for a player yeah. that they can connect to, that's just going to draw them to the game. I don't see any negative there allowing players to be themselves and to be, I mean, you look at like the NBA is the perfect example of like, a league that is very, very, very focused on the individuals to the point that they're going to give LeBron James a show when he decides what team he's playing for in free agency. I mean, a lot, and yeah, a lot of, yeah. People, I brand LeBron James is the extreme example, but the point is that there are personalities in the NBA and they market it so well. I mean, you look at, even in the video games and stuff like that, everything about the NBA, it's players, you watch for the players, you know what I mean? There are probably more than any other sport, at least that I can think of, it's, there are more fans of players than there are of te- I mean, obviously there's more fans of teams, but like people follow player. People will follow LeBron James and whether he's playing for the Cavs or the Heat or whoever the fuck or the Lakers now, they're going to follow him and watch his games. And the NHL, I feel like, just misses out on an opportunity for guys like Austin Matthews or P.K. Subban who have this extravagant personality. And you might find a casual hockey fan who – likes the sport, but then they find a player they can really connect to and they're going to buy into those games and stuff. So to me, it's just like, you know, what's the negative there? Yeah, I think I think the individual has a lot to do with getting people into a certain sport. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I was always a hockey fan. I was raised on hockey because my dad played hockey in high school, my uncle too, and they've always been big hockey fans. But really how I started really getting into the sport was, I mean, I was a huge Ray Bork guy when I was, I mean, 
he retired when I was five, but still, you know, he was I. <laughs> He was one of my favorite players, and then Sergey Samsonov. Cats hurting. Us. <laughs> I met Sergey Samsonov, which was like whoa. And I told that story on a past episode. But yeah, I think the individual has a lot to do with like when you can make an actual human connection with someone. Even you know, you're not meeting the player, but you're getting to know them. Like we talked about David Posternak as a as an example of how they should market players. Like if you can kind of get along with whether it's their personality or. A, or a tattoo or their playing style or something they say during an interview or something like that, that goes a long way, probably further than necessarily where you live in the team that's closest to you. That can get you into it if you're not already a fan of the sport. And I was going to say not to shit on basketball, which I do basically anytime we play basketball, (laughs) but you know, marketing the individual is great for them because you know, if you have two or three great players, you have multiple championships right there. So. (laughs) A little bit of salt there, I feel. A lot of salt. I wish I had a salt shaker right now. I'd be pouring it on the mic, but... um, Just a little bit. Um, Just a little bit. Before before we start wrapping... Well, we have some fan questions, man. Oh, we do have some fan... I was going to say, all right, you pull those up. I'm going to just rapid fire at Cat for a second here. Cat, Stanley Cup pick, who you got? Bruins? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, nice. And I hope you're not just All right, we're having you podcast, on but... definitely again <laughs> because of that answer. All right. Cat is now the new Chris Gear, and it's actually her <laughs> podcast now. Congratulations. You are now the sole owner of the Bruce Bruins podcast. It's been going on too long already, so do what you want with it running to the ground. It's, uh, <laughs> we're going to get canceled um, one of these days. <laughs> I hope not. Jesus. Well, we will. Uh, <laughs> Did you listen to at last episode? Jesus Christ. Hey, uh, it was your dad yelling at you, not mine. Yeah, he's going to cancel <laughs> no. it for me. <laughs> no. Uh, just to clear the air for anyone who listened to the last episode, it was nothing actually offensive. It was really was not bad. It was just, it was just my parents being like, <laughs> embarrassed that I talked about what I did talk about, which was really just you know being stoned and sitting on a toilet, which is the only thing that was wrong with it, but... Like, you know. I just don't want anyone to get the idea because, like, the word "canceled" brings a heavy connotation. Well, well, they culture. they were like, you know, anyone. like that's not what a parent wants to hear. And I was like, then don't listen to my podcast where I get drunk and talk hockey and other shit. It's like, the old like, remember you clicked on my face. You just signed up for it. Like you don't need to listen to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, we also didn't talk about any of the other awards but let's just rapid fire because i think we'll probably go into this more next episode but while cat's here let's get her let's get her picks the norris trophy john carlson victor hedeman roman yossi uh, quick spin probably carlson carlson guys elite you can't can't argue that uh the soon to be named patrice bergeron trophy aka the selkie for now uh patrice bergeron <laughs> I, I should I even name the other two? I feel like it's got Kopitar and O'Reilly. No, it's actually not Kopitar this Whoa. year. I know it's. It, I feel like that was the usual. It was like it's uh, O'Reilly and Couturier. Yeah, I think Couturier probably deserves it. Uh, <clears throat> I think that anytime that Bergeron is in the finalist, I think it means that he's won it. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Yeah, I wouldn't be too surprised if Couturier won it. Well, but, he's a um, Bergeron's like a ninth time finalist now, right? Is that more than anyone other than... Yeah, he has four or five, too. I forget. Other than you know. maybe Selkie himself. Who knows? I, I don't know the history <laughs> of that award, if he won his own award. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, the Calder Trophy, 
Quinn Hughes, Kale McCarr, and Dominic Kubelik. Who do you like? I think Quinn Hughes is probably going to win it. Yeah. Um, I think that Dior right McCarr could win it. Um, I'm still pretty mad that Elvis Merzlikens did not make it in because he mm-hmm. was on my midterm ballot. Yeah, I. that's another interesting question just about the role of, of, of goaltenders in any award that's not the Vezina. But, I don't um, think they um, get enough love in the Calder. I, I don't think so either, honestly. I'm trying to – I think we talked about this a couple – Weeks ago, but like whoever the last, I think the last goalie to win um, the heart or not the heart, the uh, Calder. Yeah, the heart. I think it was not the Calder. Uh, An I award. Think it was Miller, though. Any, any participation award, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, point is, it's been a while. Um, Ted Lindsay. I don't know. I feel like that's just pretty much the same. But let's let's do it anyway. <laughs> Leon Dreisaitl, Nathan McKinnon, Artemi Panarin. It's it's the heart, it's, but voted on by players. Oh, uh, okay. yeah. I, we'll just throw them together. We'll just call it the heart. We'll call they it could, the heart. They could do a hybrid, like we talked about earlier. I think the players like that they get to vote on their own MVP there. Um, yeah. But I, that's tough. I, I actually wrote a, a quick post on it because I think Dreisaitl had the easiest line mate. He plays with mm-hmm. McDavid. I think that McKinnon played on the best team mm-hmm. and Panarin had the toughest job of the three, but he's a winger. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think, I don't know. I think the players probably went with Dreisaitl, but I think that yeah. of those three, Panarin probably deserved it. Yeah. I think that might be the tightest race out of any of them, because I think pretty much like you said, there are very, very strong arguments for all three of them. And I think, it's just going to boil down to Dreisaitl had 6 billion points this year. Let's just give it to him. But Yeah, I think it's going to come down to who cross sides in terms of conferences because, you know, people play Panarin more in the Eastern, people play uh, Dreisaitl more in the West. So whoever was like, whoa, they he played a great game against us as a Eastern Conference team. <laughs> yeah, I'll skip over the Lady Bing because we already discussed, like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> um, the Jack Adams Award, Bruce Cassidy, uh, John Tortorella, which just gets me every time. For, interv- for interviews, it's Tortorella, if that's <laughs> Yeah, it always is. Undefeated. Um, but what's your take on that? A couple a couple interesting choices there. Um, who was the third one again? Uh, Lane Vignon. Oh, no. Another Italian food. <laughs> no, actually, it just sounds filet mignon. But. Bruce Cassidy is probably going to take it. Um, mm. That would be my guess. He better. Otherwise, this <laughs> this podcast is canceled unless you win. So that's the bet. Tortorella, I mean, that was goaltending this year, right? I think the Blue Jackets yeah. was a lot of goaltending. And yeah. I don't right. know what Tortorella did with that. So I don't think he has anything to do with that. I he, has a re- has he probably has a really good goalie coach, and then he manages the rest. But <laughs> yeah, I think the only thing he did was ruin the World Cup of Hockey for the U.S. But <laughs> he's such a nice dude, though. He's like, yeah, he does seem like a cool. I feel like he's just oh, like zero. I or would love to like be like uh, have a media pass and ask him a question and just see what he has to say. Sick. He's super because nice. He... He's so respectful. Like, oh yeah. 
Well, he's respect. He's respect. He seems respectful if you ask him a good question. Certain people, he's not. If he knows yeah. you yeah. suck, like he's gonna give you a shitty answer. But like, I I had a question for him one time about the goaltenders, and so I didn't want to take up the time with everyone else. And after like the scrum was finished, I was like, I'm so sorry. Can I take half a second of your time? And he was like, Yeah. What do you need? Like, oh, that's awesome. I was like, oh, Thanks. <laughs> So nice. yeah. Oh, he I remember you, like you. that's awesome. Very small, yeah, yeah. very very small. He comes up to like really? I think we're he comes up to like my forehead. He's very small. He's probably like <laughs> my height then. <laughs> <laughs> but so you intimidated him. You were like, "Hey, I'm taller than you, and uh, I have a question." <laughs> <laughs> nice, uh, Drew. You got those listener questions pulled up? Oh yeah. Oh, I, my phone just went to sleep. Okay, here we go. <laughs> it was up, and then it just. Slowly faded into darkness. All right, uh, we'll start with some joking questions, and then it's a serious questions about the uh, about the Bruins. Why hasn't Cam Hasbrook invited me to dinner? Considering we live in the same city, with some uh, you know the finger on chin thinking questions from Nick Godin <laughs> of uh, Bruins diehards. I I think it's. The classic no excuses, sir. I apologize. Let's go have a beer, Nick. This is my formal offer. I hope you're ready to drink on Monday or Tuesday, though, because those are my off days. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, there you go. Let's check that one off the box. <laughs> all right. Uh, BSC. Brandon oh, Sher Cohen. Oh, one also, only. happy birthday to Brandon. And we also, we jokingly said that Chris, our other co host, was kicked off. The real reason, if you've made it, however, an hour and a half into this podcast, it's so not an hour and a half, right but now, yeah. An hour fifteen feels like it, but yeah. seems about right. It's Chris's birthday today, so happy birthday, Chris! Um, we're gonna do. It sounds like a birthday episode next week when he like, if we can convince him to come back. Um, and no, it's I also, think we're just having Cat back. I don't think Chris is at his <laughs> Oh no! I, realistically, it's whether Kat's I've learned more back. about <laughs> hockey from this episode than any episode with Chris. So <laughs> no, than every episode with anyone else, yeah. honestly. But. Um, but yeah, it's also BSC Brandon Shar Cohen's birthday. So I did not know until today that they had the same birthday. But uh, two just fine gentlemen. Well, so well, his his question is: since Chris and I have the same birthday, are we interchangeable? I will answer that one in terms of yes, because you would be more knowledgeable on this podcast than any of us combined. So I would say not necessarily interchangeable, but definitely would rather have you as a host than Chris. If you're <laughs> listening, Chris, fuck you. Chris does not listen. We can say anything we he want. He does. He he listened he... to the one episode that he wasn't on to scout us to make sure we weren't <laughs> ruining the name of the Bruise and Bruins podcast. You yeah, know, that no. prestigious <laughs> name that we have. Because we usually hold to such a high standard, yeah. <laughs> and then the uh, last question. question. Sorry, a couple beers in me. Question um, <laughs> is from Big Bad Bear at Bruins 47. I would hope he's... A Krug fan, or maybe he was born in '47, which would be kind of cool. <laughs> and uses Twitter. That would I, be I would think he might be a Krug fan, which hashtag resign Krug. Um, Freddie, as in terms of uh, Trent Frederick, or Studs in terms of Studnica, who makes a bigger impact during this year's playoffs, and do they get a shot in the exhibition games? That's an actual question that we need to actually take a couple minutes to discuss. But, I mean, I've had some heads up on this, so I can go first if you guys yeah, aren't ready. go for it. <laughs> um, so I think 
for Stunnaka, if he is to get a chance, it's going to go one of two ways. He's either going to be amazing and really blow people away, or he's just going to... There's not going to be any in between. He's going to be awful or great, um, which I think, you know, for it's his first couple games. If he does play in an exhibition, that's awesome, and I think he could do well because, I mean... You know, all these teams, it's important that they're coming back, they're preparing for the playoffs, and these exhibition games are actually important in that re- in that aspect of, you know, preparing. But for Stundica, it would be, you know, really his biggest shot at actually landing a position for these playoffs, potentially. <laughs> not that they have too much room at center. In fact, not at all. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, I think that could go one of two ways. There's no in-between for him. I think for uh, Freddie, he he's had some experience at the NHL level. I always will remember that fight he had where he just absolutely, I don't know who it was, but he absolutely demolished him. Um, and like really, I don't even think that team really knew about him. And I don't think anyone knew knew him as a fighter, but he absolutely <laughs> demolished whoever. I don't even know how he got on the ice. He just got a jersey. He just like, you know, I think he's, pl- I don't have the stats in front of me, but I feel like he's played maybe like six NHL games max. Um, yeah, I think he would have a better shot in terms of, I, I would expect him to be in the middle because really maybe he's one of the centers. They play at wing. I don't think they do that to Stendika, so I don't know. But uh, yeah, that's my opinion on it. I don't know about yours. So, according to uh, Elite Prospects, he has played 17 games in the NHL over the past two seasons. He only had two this year. Well, it felt like Um, six were impactful then. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I said Uh, he played played six. I said he played six games in the NHL, so six were impactful, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) To me. I don't think he has any points. Wait, really? He had 15 penalty minutes uh, last, last year, so... There's that. He doesn't but, have any points. Um, not according not even to a, at least at least proper. Not even a secondary assist or anything. Uh, does not does not appear so. What's no. his plus minus? <laughs> not that that's a great uh, stat. Minus five, which is yeah. I was gonna say we're talking shitty stats. You just pulled up the king of all fucking oh, terrible the stats. Most, but... The worst stats. <laughs> only only first two wins as a goaltender. But I will say confession time. Uh, like in high school. I, uh, a couple of my friends and I did a fantasy hockey league and I totally rigged the shit out of it. I was like, wait, why don't we just like, we'll do all the regular point systems and then like plus minus we'll just do like at the end of the year, like, you know, whatever the plus minus is for that player you like get or like subtract any points. And I just picked Bergeron right off the top and he was like a plus billion. And I just like, it was like a $5 buy-in league because we were all like broke high schoolers. It was just for fun. But I just rigged the absolute shit out of that. So, Todd, my man, if you're listening, sorry about that, kid. But um, anyway, back to the question. Yeah, I, I feel like especially with everything going on, you know, coming back and everything's going to be weird. I think they're going to lean on whoever has more experience, which in this in this case is Frederick. I don't think they're going to want to go too crazy with pulling up Studnica and kind of putting him in a position where he maybe not doesn't feel like he's ready having – you know, not played that much lately and not played in game action in, you know, months. I feel like that's a tough situation to put a, a guy like Stendika in with yeah. how young he is and, you know, the lack of NHL experience he has. I think really for him, the goal is next season to start working him into the system. So I would be a little bit surprised if they just tossed him in for the playoffs. 
but even these exhibition games maybe but again i feel like uh, even for that i feel like these exhibition games are important you know you only have a couple chances to tune up before it's not like you get the exhibition and then the regular season i yeah. would understand that it's but not like, like a preseason game it's actually tuning <clears throat> exactly. up your starters like yeah you have a couple tune-ups and then you're you know you're getting tossed right over the fire for i mean granted it's not life or death right out of the gate for the bruins because they're not in that playing round but the games matter as soon yeah. as they're not exhibition games. So I think they are going to play pretty much close to full lineups for those games. Um, you know, maybe split them, but I don't see... I mean, they only play like once, maybe twice a week, right, for those exhibitions. They're spacing those out because they have like full series almost to play for these other teams. So Yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I'd be a little surprised if they just tossed Stundick over the fire, but I've been wrong before, so... We'll see. <laughs> many times. Oh, I've been wrong many, many times in this podcast. So I usually am. That's kind of that's kind of the brand. You but come here for we, the unexpert analysis on this podcast. I know people are like except for goaltenders because we have cat now. So <laughs> <laughs> people like are listening to cat make coherent points, and they're like really sign up for this. I was having right a beer now. on my porch, and I was <laughs> expecting some funny stuff, but we talked goaltenders, and now I'm mad because I hate to Rask, and Tim Thomas is a legend. And right. I don't know if you have anything on that, Cap, but... <laughs> uh, I, have, I have kind of a hot take on that. Um, right. I, don't, I don't love Trent Frederick, because um, I was confused when they drafted him. Confused still. Um, but... I think that just based on the off-season training regimen for a lot of these guys, which was they tried, but there's only so much they could do. Um, I think most teams are going to have to go six centers deep by the end of the playoffs. I think that we're going to see every team go through at least six centers. So I think that Stednica is probably going to be more important. All right, I like it. I hope you're right. I, I agree. I would. I think, especially long term, I think Stunnika has a much brighter future. Um, I'm just with two games of NHL experience. I wasn't sure, but I, that's a valid. It's a very valid point. I think a lot of with these guys had trouble finding adequate ways to stay in game shape because I know yeah. that, like, like here in Arizona, we had Oceanside that was open. It was barely open, so we had we had like two NHL skaters that were using the rink and that was it and a lot of the guys were just having to like there was a lot of Peloton action going on which like yeah, I sure, love the yeah. Peloton but like that's not that's not skiing <laughs> yeah, that's we're going to see some we're going to see some really stupid injuries during the playoffs and I think that it's not going to yeah. be just a few guys I think we're going to see a lot so yeah yeah um couple more random questions rapid fire oh before we get into it do we get Any to answer asterisk? these two or is it just cap yeah let's let's do it asterisk on this season or no no really i agree i agree i think that like i said i think it's a it's so hard to stay in shape during whatever the fuck we just went through that if you win like you won mm. yeah I, it's harder it's harder to win this year well, you know like an average of like sixty nine games per team. Nice. Um, <laughs> nice, nice. They came so close. To, it's not like like we don't put an asterisk as for the most part next to the twenty twelve thirteen season. So I don't mm-hmm. think we should put it by this one because we made it so much farther. This we we far surpassed that forty eight game mark. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I almost laughed at that. Like originally the question because I was going to say yeah, 
But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, hey, feel free to 100%, <laughs> matey. Um, but I think Drew's like, what's an asterisk? <laughs> no. Like, there's going to be a small one at least there. For example, like, in terms like, of asterisk, point two font, like <laughs> right now, as of uh, July 20th, Hockey Reference has next to their, their playoff teams. Playoff teams are marked with an asterisk, and none of them are marked with an asterisk. Um, <laughs> no, but I feel like potentially a play, uh, like a play-in team, especially those, you know, they any of these play-in teams weren't, like, eliminated statistically from a playoff spot. But I feel like for them, a little bit, because I think it was, like, especially – I'd be surprised if, like, the Canadians – we're in the playoffs at the end of the season, you know? So, like, I don't know. At least for them, maybe. But uh, I feel like there will be... There might be one where it just says, this season was slightly abbreviated, and we had a huge worldwide pandemic, and that's why it was a little weird. Like, it won't be like, you know, the uh, like 48-game season where, um, unfortunately, Chicago beat the Bruins. Um but I thought they just canceled that season. Oh, you're right. That That's didn't happen. It. Yeah, I, you know, Tukaresk sure. was great, and pretty Haggerty sure, yeah. will never let him forget that he sucked. <laughs> apparently, because um, you know it was all the goaltender's fault, as he sees most points. But I feel like there would be one. I really do feel like there will be one. Just saying, COVID nineteen, and that explains everything. Well, I I mean I don't mean like is there literally going to be one saying that it was not your average season? I meant more like. Does they deserve to be like the this one kind of counts? You know what I mean? No, like, I think it does count. I think like a play like a playing team that was in twelfth, like yeah, if they were to win it, I feel like yeah. But like I think you know if one of those teams that's in an exhibition in these exhibition games is decide the first seed or whatever, um, there wouldn't be at all. But mm-hmm. yeah. I think there's, you know, like a smaller one. Like, they put it not in 12-point times New Roman, but, like, they put it in, like, 8-point, you know? Like, like it's a small one. You have to really look to see it. You, like, can't tell if it's, like, an asterisk or just, like, an apostrophe. Or, Or, like, like, was that that a typo? Like, you know. (laughs) The names are just, like, slightly smaller on the Stanley Cup. (laughs) 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 All right, yeah. Um... All right, I don't know, Drew. You got anything else you want to fire at Cat while we actually have someone who knows what they're talking about? Well, there the is there is one thing, and I don't know if you've listened to any episodes, Cat, which I wouldn't blame you if you didn't, because I've been on a couple of different podcasts where I listened to like five minutes of an episode just to see what the hosts were like. But uh, we usually sing out. The I podcast. was gonna say this is. <laughs> <laughs> we usually pick a song, and as the guest, you get to pick the song. Yeah, so I was going to say, in the past, we have made the guest genuine, depending on the guest, and some people have refused. We sort of make them sing out. We join I in if we know the song. We do, we do usually join in. So it depends on what you're picking here, whether or not you get the solo or whether or not you get the whole choir here. You said you had a podcast that has some punk pop, or pop punk. That's Jesus, some punk pop. <laughs> so same idea. what would you go with that, with that style? Where would you go with it? This is the hardest question she's been As asked. a rock oh, fan, I know it. some pop punk, so keep I that say, in I feel mind. like that's right down Drew's alley. So no, I, I don't really like punk, but 
I know pop punk, so. Like, Blink-182 <laughs> or some shit? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I know Blink-182 from my middle school days, 100%. I think I, like, bought a bunch of their songs on iTunes. <laughs> I was gonna say, you gotta, it's alright. We do this to Chris every episode. <laughs> Okay, one of your like top three artists right now. What's your go-to karaoke song? You know, mm. it's like one of those things. Cool. <clears throat> I don't do karaoke. Well, neither Me do either. I. But, like, <laughs> if you had to, you know. <laughs> if you had to, and there was any song. So the the problem here is that for the last like week, I've had Megan the Stallion like blasting in my car. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but. One way to find out. But it's it's from a TikTok video. I've been watching a lot of TikTok, and so <laughs> I think every all of America has a song that's not savage. Nothing's <laughs> 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 popping up. All right. What's well, it? you could sing like two lines horribly, and then I, uh, as the editor, I can fade out on that, and it's good. So. <laughs> you guys pick a song. Also. All right, what's a good, what's a good, what's the, what's the vibe we're feeling here, folks? I'm trying to think. I don't know. I'm drunk. What's the vibe with that? It's <laughs> a good drug song. Oh man, I don't know. There's a lot. This is hard. There's Kelsey Dagger, and that's like super sacrilegious. Yes, yes let's, let's do, do it. it. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> How many words? Oh, I guess there are depending on where you jump in. <laughs> Chelsea, 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 they're hearing oh, it twice. The no, you know it's okay. This is the post-credit scene that they stay after the movie for everybody's like <laughs> staying in there. See, like, everybody's got to really pee, but they're like, I'm gonna stay in for the post-credit scene. So, Cat, thank you so much for real for joining yeah. us. It's been an awesome experience. You are welcome back anytime you'd like. Um, while you've got our very, very, very tiny platform here, anything else you want to push out there for the people, promote work, anything like that. The floor is yours. If people want to listen to uh, listen to me get incredibly like like blackout level drunk talking about the playing round <laughs> on on Pink Whitney too, like because oh yeah, All right. I will be tuning Yeah, Paul Bissonnette's here in Arizona, so he like brings me bottles to the games, and so I have like <laughs> I have like a stockpile in my fridge, and uh, so we we dug deep into that during during the last podcast I did, but they can, they can find us on Twitter with three cheers for goaltender interference. And, uh, it's, it's, it's got some, some really passionate drunk opinions from me on like the best best Finnish goaltender is in the first round of the playoffs. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, and you want to drop your, your personal handle as well there? Sure. It's uh, at Kat M Silverman. That's Kat with a C. 
Mm-hmm. I also, if you're following Kat, I highly recommend following her dad too. You get some really good <laughs> interactions there. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure Alan. I've been following your dad for like six years Alan's because I saw you tweet him once and I was like, this is hilarious. I got to jump in on this. So, so funny. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, what's your, what's your dad's dad, app? Because I want to now follow Al him. Silverman Allen. And he like. What is it? Sorry, I talked over you. At Silverman Allen. And he goes like super silent on Twitter a lot and then occasionally jumps in. And like, like some girl called me a one time for disrespecting deep dish pizza. Um, <laughs> Which is very valid. She got like she she dropped the c word probably five or six times, and then my dad joined the conversation, and I was like, okay. "Did he also come?" No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I was like, he just like joins her side. <laughs> See now, now as an editor, I don't know if I have to. Cut out. No, you are 100% or we, we have we have a good amount of. Uh, don't we have like three British listeners or something? So there would be fine. So is there a way to like edit it for different countries? <laughs> for different, or, no, like, <laughs> you just keep that in there. That's a good. Everybody loves it. Um, yeah, I know. I feel like I'll just like I like I won't see anything for months, and then I'll just see one of your tweets, and he'll respond to it like. It's like quarterly, you know. I'm like, oh well, it's the it's the second quarter, and it's like, like he just oh. wrecks me systematically, <laughs> like a couple times a year. It's everybody's dream. That's actually my dream is just to get wrecked by your dad on Twitter, and then I'll officially block <laughs> off forever. So <laughs> you'll have made it. <laughs> I'll have made it. Uh, all right, no, for real, Kat. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a it's been an absolute pleasure having some real knowledge on the show for once. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, <laughs> other than maybe if this is your first episode BSC tuning in, coming in, but like yeah, actually yeah. Brand, this Brando is knows seriously, too, seriously, but. I think I've learned more about hockey because I don't pay attention to goaltending other than the eye test a lot. But yeah, I've learned, I've learned a lot <laughs> and yeah, too bad. I'm still host of this podcast. Still not knowing much. I know, I know a lot about hockey, but not that depth. So thank you very much. Uh, all right. Keep it real, everybody. We'll see you here. Well, next no, no, week. no. We got to sing out again. Are we actually all right? <laughs> <laughs>